In this episode, my refrigerator is running, and we're going to be hearing about my new guitar, new music from The National, Paul Simon, and The Foo Fighters, and some other stuff. It's hard to say. I haven't actually recorded the show yet. I'm just kind of, I've got a list in front of me, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hello, checkmates. It's your old Uncle Derek coming to you on finally summer weather here in St. Louis, Missouri. On a day with finally summer weather, I guess I should have said. I hope everybody out there is doing okay. I have been... I feel like I've been sweating for a solid week. That's how, I, that's how I'm doing. Uh, it was my birthday last week. Uh, that's not why. Um... But it, my birthday's over kind of Memorial Day weekend. Usually it's somewhere right in there. Sometimes it's a little early, sometimes not. But it's it's very often, like, right very close to Memorial Day. And that, that gets complicated sometimes. Uh, so just part of, part of the end of May for me is just kind of a, a long weekend for my birthday, usually. Um... And with that, with with it being Memorial Day, I end up going to a picnic and a pool opening and that kind of thing, and that's the first thing I do for the summer. That's one of the few summer things that I do, especially now that we've all just agreed that COVID is over, I guess, which it isn't, but we've agreed to ignore it. Um, I, I I went to the pool opening and the picnic, and it was fine. You know, saw people I've I've not seen in a while. Uh, you know, it 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 was fine. Good food, all that. For some reason, uh, no beer that made sense. Like, not even Bud Light. Uh, it was like Bush Light and Michelob Light and, uh, something else. Like, Bud Select, I think. There was no, like, Bud Light. Which, I don't even like Bud Light. I'm a Guinness guy, as many of you will know. Although, today I'm drinking a, uh, Youngling traditional lager, which is finally available in Missouri. And, uh, I've been enjoying bottles of that because, uh, of the affordable beers that you can find, it's one of the better ones. Um... I'm not as crazy about it as some of my friends are, but I it's it's fine. Uh yeah, at the thing, there were just no no sensible beer choices. Like usually there's Budweiser, there's Bud Light, there's, you know, a couple other things. I was drinking Bush Light. And it was terrible. Like it didn't taste like anything. No offense to people who love Bush or no offense to the Bush dynasty, but yeah, it was just nothing. It was like I took a drink of it and out loud said, "Well, this tastes like nothing." to whoever was around, and then kept drinking it and ate my burger. And that's really the end of that story. But that was the first day that I've uh, spent in the sun so far this uh, this summer, and spent several hours just kind of outside and in the sun, not really doing anything, just sitting. But, uh, like, I started sweating that day from being in the sun, and I feel like I haven't stopped sweating. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, and, well, some of this is just sort of organic. I, when I'm in the house, I live my life in pajama pants. And, uh, pajama pants generally are kind of flannel, so that's warm anyway. And I keep taking naps and waking up with cats on me, and that's, you know, I've got 8 to 16 pounds, depending on how many of the cats are on me, of, uh, cat warmth on, on my already pajama-panted body. 
and uh, I've just been sweaty. <laughs> I've been sweaty since Memorial Day. I've been sweaty since my birthday, basically. Uh, so that's that's how I'm doing. Hope you're doing different. Uh, my birthday went fine. My birthday was good. I got some uh, cool presents from the members of the family uh, that uh, attended, and uh, well wishes from many of the people that uh, I wanted to hear from, and all that. I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what I'm telling you right now. Um, it, it, this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm I'm drinking a beer while I'm talking to you. I actually got an an email from somebody who was like, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I wish you wouldn't drink so much when you do the show, because, you know, it's not fun listening to you drunk and, and stumbling through the show. I, I swear to you, I'm not drunk when I do the show. I Usually when I sit down, uh, if I have any alcoholic beverage with me for the show, it is the first one I have opened. Like, I, I, I took the cap off of the beer that I'm drinking right now the second before I sit, I sat down to start recording this episode. I just suck as a human being, and this is this is what comes out of my mouth. I I'm in no way drunk. Uh, sometimes by the end of the Fab Fifteen, because those things are ordeals to record, we go for hours. Sometimes I've had enough vodka by the end of it that I'm like uh, uh, tired, and uh, you know. Sometimes I've had a little bit too much then, but like I, most of these shows, I am in no way, shape, or form drunk. I'm having a beer or a whatever while I'm doing it. I, it it has nothing to do with that. I just don't know what I'm saying most of the time. My birthday went okay, uh, and <laughs> Memorial Day went okay. I hope your uh, birthday is also good. See, this is it. This is this is as good as I could do. Stone cold sober. I have genuinely had one drink of beer, uh, and I, I I just wish you a happy birthday, whatever it is. Which I is true. Happy birthday, whatever your birthday is. It's probably not right now for most of you. If it is, that's serendipity. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome, I guess. But uh, whatever. Uh, if you like the show, and who wouldn't, uh, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the podcasting apps, including the one you're listening to it on now. If it's not on the one that you prefer, please let me know, and I will get it there. Odds are it was, and somebody changed their rules on me. If you want to know more about me, go on over to DerekBrink.com. Lots of stuff to click on there, mostly about my music career. Speaking of my music career, there the songs that you hear in the shows... Not so much this one, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the songs that you hear in the shows are typically... Songs that I recorded from my solo music career, and they're available over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com for absolutely free. All you do is select what you want, enter zero as your purchase price, and you can take it. I don't collect your email address, I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to contact me, argue with me about something on the show, suggest topics, you know, whatever, whatever you would email a guy about, I do not check the comments on any of the apps, but if you want to talk to me, db at derekbrink.com. Those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com. I reply to everybody who's not mean in their emails. So that's all the ID stuff. I mentioned uh, a moment ago that you won't be hearing a lot of my music uh, in this. You will be hearing me play stuff, though, because in tandem with my birthday, I bought myself a birthday present. Uh, it's something that I've wanted for about two years. and something that has been just out of my reach for about two years. It's still 
technically just a little bit out of my reach because I put it on my Guitar Center credit card, bought myself a new guitar. I bought myself the Jason Isbell Signature Fender Telecaster, which I have wanted for years. Uh, big Jason Isbell fan, as I'm sure everybody has probably picked up on by now. I've talked about his stuff on the show before. And uh, if you just, I mean, if you talk to me about music at some point, I'm going to mention Isbell or, uh, or Drive-By Truckers or that kind of stuff. Uh, big fan of his. Big fan of him as a person. Seems like a really good guy. Uh, big fan of Fender Telecasters. This was just kind of meant to happen, so I picked that up. Uh, it's weird buying someone's signature instrument. Like, the only other signature guitar I have is I've got the signature Getty Lee Jazz Bass, which is also a Fender product. I really like Fender. Uh, it's, it's weird because we live in the time that we're living and I, I, I hesitate to use the word cancel culture or the words cancel culture, but we live in, in cancel culture and it seems like every, every couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, somebody that I like turns out to be a terrible person. So like you buy someone's signature guitar running the risk of like, well, but what if some news comes out, <laughs> you know, which I don't expect it to with Jason Isbell. I really don't expect it to with Getty Lee at this point. He's in, I think his seventies, probably nothing there. You know, <laughs> like we're probably good on Getty Lee. Uh, Jason Isbell significantly younger. So there's a, uh, you know, there's always a chance that, like, something's going to come out. I don't think it will. He seems like a really stand-up guy who, you know what, if he hadn't gotten clean, probably something would come out. But he, he saw his demons, he addressed them, and he's been honest and open about that and seems to be on the right side of history and seems to be a good guy. And, you know, so I don't... But it is weird when you, like, are purchasing something with, like, this has this guy's name on it, who I hope he's okay. <laughs> like, I hope he doesn't turn out to suck as a human being, because uh, I really like his music, and he seems really agreeable right now, and I really like this guitar. Um, I don't know why I'm saying all that, but I feel like if if in history somebody, <laughs> something happens, and, like, years from now somebody retroactively finds this episode, just be aware that uh, at the time that I recorded this, Jason Isbell was a really stand-up guy. And actually, I've had interactions with Jason Isbell in the past. I've uh, I've met him before. I met him when he was in uh, Drive-By Truckers. I haven't met him since he became Jason Isbell. But uh, I met him when he was in Drive-By Truckers, and he was a really nice guy then. And he's I've interacted with him on Twitter a few times, and he's a really nice guy now. Uh, in fact, I interacted with him this week. That is part of the story that we are telling. I uh, ordered myself the Isbell Telecaster, or Isbellacaster? Maybe that's something that he should trademark? Uh, he can have that for free. I don't need anything for that. Isbellacaster. Uh, I'm probably going to keep saying that. The cats are running around now. I'm probably going to keep saying that, because uh, I like saying Isbellacaster. It's, it, uh, try it. Try it at home. Uh, try it with me. Isbellacaster. Isbellacaster. One more. Isbellacaster. Did you try it? Maybe. Maybe not. I'll, you know, I'll give you a little bit of silence. You can try it in your own time. You still didn't do it, did you? That was just quiet for both of us. You, 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 you gotta, like, this shit doesn't work unless everybody participates, man. Come on. Uh, Isbellacaster. I, uh, I ordered it because I ran into a sale. I ran into a sale that I realized, you know wasn't gonna happen <laughs> again for like a while and uh, I got excited and I popped on it and ordered it and frankly I just needed something good to happen because I've had a rough couple of months and um, in various ways and I just needed something to be excited about so uh, I got excited about uh, about this guitar so 
ordered it, had it shipped to the store, because, you know, who wants to leave a thing like that sitting on their own doorstep? You want that protected, you know. So I I had it shipped to the store, picked it up one day after work, and uh, got it home. And uh, very happy with it, really like it. The thing is, I mean, it's one of those things where if you have a guitar shipped to you that isn't sitting in a store, like, most guitars, they get delivered to a store, the store looks them over, tunes them up a little bit, makes sure that everything's working right, works out the kinks, you know, and, and puts it on their on their wall for people to, to buy. Uh, that doesn't happen when you have them shipped to you. It got shipped to the store, it arrived in the store, they brought me the box that it was shipped to them in, opened it up, and I took it out and plugged it into an amp to make sure that it basically worked, and, you know, started making note in my head of the things that I was going to need to tweak when I got it home, which you always have to do, even in an ideal circumstance. You always, 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 always end up tweaking a guitar that you buy a little bit to your own personal preferences. Uh, there go the cats. Uh, they are they are Zoomy. They are Wrestly. Uh, they are racing. John Coa's coming out ahead. There goes McGuire coming around the back. Uh, th- th- there they go again. They're up on the stove now. And diving down, they're down in the kitchen, they're through the dining room, into the living room, on the uh, area rug. Jonko is sniffing McGuire's butt, he's really got his nose in there, and he's lost interest. Okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> what, what was I, oh, you've always got to tweak your guitars <laughs> a little bit. Uh, no matter what happens, there's just things that you want changed a little bit to fit your own playing style. That's hard to explain unless you're a player. So, uh, one thing I noticed immediately was, eh, the high E string is really buzzing. It's got, like, a sitar-like buzz to it that could be one of a few different things. And I decided, I'm gonna take it home with me, rather than tell him, hey, could you, you know, do something about this? I'm gonna take it home, and I'm gonna figure out what that thing is, and if it's something that I can easily just tweak out of it, I'll tweak out of it. I'll tweak it out of it. And if it's not something I can tweak out of it, then I'll, you know, take it back to him and say, hey, either fix this or replace it, please. I've got 45 days to do that. Uh, So I get it home, and uh, I I start working with it, and I do some neck adjustments and some height adjustments on the string and stuff, and it's still doing it. And I figure out, okay, I know what that means. That means that the nut, that's the part at the top of the guitar by the tuners where the strings get slotted through, usually a white piece right at the top of the guitar. For those of you who are laymen, uh, it's it, it's just a place that holds the string in place up near the uh, head of the guitar. Uh, I just realized that means that the nut is cut a little bit too deep, like not even a millimeter, just a little bit, and the string is grinding out against the against the like fretboard and and probably against the nut itself a little bit. That's uh, there are three options to fix that two of which take time and or money, and one of which does not. And I opted for the one that did not. (laughs) What you can do with that, because that's a manufacturing flaw. The thing about guitars like this, the signature lines, uh, usually a signature guitar made by Fender is going to be made in America at their their, uh, California factory. This one is made in Mexico to keep the price affordable, because Isbel wanted people to be able to buy it. Uh, so it was made in Mexico. It was made in the factory in Mexico, which is genuinely across the border. I believe people from both factories actually work at both factories because they're so close to each other. Uh, but it, the, the Mexican factory, basically, the difference is they have a little less quality control. For some of the guitars, they use slightly lesser parts. That's the difference. For the signature line, um, for the signature line guitars... <laughs> 
Sorry, the cats are distracting me. For the signature line guitars, they uh, uh, don't use inferior parts. I don't mean inferior. They don't, they don't use lesser parts, but they do not do a lot of quality control. Basically, they put strings on, plug it in, go, yeah, it works, and toss it in a box, you know. Whereas at the California factory, there's a little bit more of a... They go through the guitar a little bit more and look for flaws. So that's why things like this happen. So I get it home, and it's still doing the buzzing after all I do. The three fixes you can do on that is either, one, you take it back to the store and say, hey, the nut's cut too, too deep, switch it out for, a, for another guitar, so I'd have to sit and wait for a few days for that to happen. Uh, not the ideal solution, although it would have probably gotten me, you know, a guitar that was fine, that didn't have that problem, but whatever, I'm not going to do that. The other option, option two, is you take it to the store or to a luthier and say, hey, a luthier is a person who makes and, and repairs guitars, uh, and you say, hey, the nut on this is buzzing, could you take out this nut, swap in a new nut, and make, make the buzz go away? And that costs you money uh, and time, and that obviously on a brand new guitar is not the ideal solution. The ideal solution really is to swap it out for another guitar, but I'm, I didn't want to do that. What I did is the third solution, which uh, costs absolutely nothing and is really simple. You take off the string that's buzzing. You take a tiny piece of paper. I used like the chad off the side of a piece of paper on a notebook. And you wedge it into the slot on the nut where the string rests. You put the string down on top of the piece of paper, tighten, up, tighten it up, tune it up to the correct note, rip off the edges of the paper, and it's fixed forever. <laughs> All you have to do at that point is when you change the strings next, go, as eh, it's little piece of paper still in there? And if it is, great. If not, you put in a new little piece of paper, and it's fine. It's just fine. Like, there's, <laughs> that's, all, that's all you have to do. And that's what I did, and now it plays perfectly. Uh, I still need to tweak a few little things out of it. There's still, in trying to get the string to stop buzzing, I, I overcorrected in a couple of ways. One of the cats just meowed. Did you get attacked, buddy? Was that was there pouncing involved? Everybody looks fine. You look all right, guys. Uh, I, I still have to tweak the guitar a little bit, but in general, I love it. It's great. I've plugged it in. I've played it loud. I've been just sitting on the couch noodling with it, even unplugged, and uh, it's fantastic. It's there's something. It's uh, I have another Telecaster. I have an American Telecaster that I think I've played on the show in the past that uh, I like a lot, and I'm going to keep playing and keep using because I like that guitar a lot, too. Uh, there are noticeable differences between them. The uh, Isbel guitar is a little bit lighter weight. It's different woods. Uh, it's got just... A, there, there, there's just differences. I could go, about, go on about it all day. It feels like I already have. But uh, the, the Isbel guitar has an old-style C-shaped neck, which is pretty beefy, pretty thick, and pretty... You got to do some digging in with your hands, and I like that about it because I grew up as a bass player, and I, I press a little too hard with my left hand, so that a thicker neck feels good. Um, it also has custom pickups in it, and I will tell you something. There is something about that beefy neck and those pickups that is just special. Just special. And uh, I've been loving experiencing it. I've been loving playing it. I'm going to love recording with it for years to come. One of the things that I did was I sat down with this show in mind and I just played a few riffs of uh, stuff that is from my catalog that you may or may not be able to find out there. <laughs> I'll, I'll link to stuff if I can. Obviously, 
you know, what you're going to hear on this show is not the official track or anything. It's just me noodling around on a on a new guitar. But between segments, as we normally do, what we normally do between segments is I'll play a little bit of music from one of the songs from my back catalog, and then we'll be into a new segment for about 30 seconds. So that's what I normally will do. This time I'm going to just play tracks on that guitar. You're just going to hear me noodling for a little bit, and... We'll go from one segment into the next segment with a little bit of uh, guitar noodling between it for indeterminate amount of times <laughs> between uh, between the, the the tracks. It's usually or the segments. It's usually thirty seconds, but we'll we'll see we'll see exactly what happens today because uh, I'm uh, as I'm doing this, I'm just going to enjoy hearing my Isabella caster. Really, try try saying it, Isabella caster. mention as I'm doing this that I'm not uh, I'm recording this with very little time so I'm not even really editing it so if you uh if my software glitches out and you hear partial statements or anything like that that's been happening a little bit to me lately uh if if there's weird clips of like oh clearly he said something there that somehow got cut out it's because I, I didn't go back and listen this time and fix stuff it may surprise you to learn that I normally go back and, and fix stuff but uh, if I, if you hear weird glitches and stuff this time, I just didn't have time. It just, the week's gotten away from me and I gotta get an episode up. I'm actually recording this later than I, I should. It's not gonna come out when I said it was gonna come out, even in my upload from my phone. For those of you who have apps that you listen to this on, sometimes you get uploads from my phone. Uh, I think I promised this one would be up on Friday. We're looking at Saturday, Sunday, uh, probably. So, <laughs> that's, that's just how my week has gone. Um... The cats are continuing, continuing to make a lot of noise. They have uh, decided that the boxes that sit in the kitchen that they have had there for months are new to them, I guess, now. And, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're trying to tunnel their way through the boxes and fight each other from inside and outside the boxes. Going to be a lot of that kind of noise on the show here tonight. Hey... Uh, before we get too, uh, too deep into reviewing stuff and that kind of thing, um, I, I, I we, we have to talk about Tina Turner. <laughs> John McGuire, I'm doing a serious part. <laughs> can you, can you cool it? Uh, we, we have to talk about Tina Turner. Tina Turner passed away, uh, since the time of the recording of the last episode. Uh, she was just a bigger-than-life performer. Most of you know who Tina Turner is. Uh, when she passed away, well, I guess when word got out that she had passed away, I was uh, at my office and was dismayed to learn how many of the younger people in their 20s there just had no idea who Tina Turner was. That was shocking and upsetting, and like that means like my generation has done a very poor job with music education for our children. Um, Tina Turner was just, just a powerhouse of a singer and performer and, and person 
uh, I mean, what do you even say? She had, she had a deep, deep St. Louis connection that people elsewhere might not, might not even realize. She and, uh, she and Ike Turner, who, not a, not a great person, you know, that's all chronicled. Uh, if you're going to side with somebody, side with Tina. Uh, she and Ike uh, cut their teeth playing in Gaslight Square here in St. Louis. You just... I, iconic, iconic St. Louis presence for Ike and Tina. Um, when Ike died, I, 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 I know I said something about him on social media or on my blog or something that was just kind of like, yeah, he turned out to be a really bad person and I'm you know the music that he wrote was great but he was a bad guy and like frankly I wasn't that sad when we lost Ike Turner when Tina Turner died I had to take a second and just go wow that that feels wrong it feels wrong to live in a world without Tina Turner because she was a good person who got away from a bad person and went on to be even bigger, you know, than she was under, under the Ike and Tina name. She then became Tina Turner, you know, and, um, I have a weird first image of Tina Turner that pops into my mind when her name comes up, because the first thing that I ever saw her in was the Tommy movie, the Who's Tommy, uh, they, they made a movie of that, and she played the Acid Queen, and that is the first image that pops into my head, sadly, is Tina Turner as the Acid Queen, uh, and I'm, I might be your only friend who that's their first Tina Turner memory, but that is my first Tina Turner memory. Uh, but she did it, she did it very well. She, she nailed it. She nailed the vocal part. She nailed the look. She nailed the acting. She, she nailed it because she's, she, she was Tina Turner. And, you know, years later, she's, you've got a string of hits without Ike, obviously. I mean, you can go into the Ike and Tina stuff. You're rolling on the river and whatnot, but... I mean, what's love got to do with it? I mean, that alone, uh, just powerhouse of a hit. Uh, uh, I mean, what do you even say? What do you even say? Tina Turner was a huge presence. She, her story has helped other abuse survivors. Her music has helped everyone have a good time. And she was a deep, deeply rooted in St. Louis. Her Sumner yearbook photo made the rounds on social media quite a bit, and and people started to go, oh really? You know, <laughs> who who don't live here, and and uh, the stories about Gaslight Square, and and just it was a big loss for music, it was a big loss for survivors, it was a big loss for St. Louis, and I just had to take a second and say rest in peace to Tina Turner. My friend Jim, uh, Jim Oosley, who I mentioned on the show last time we did this. Uh, hi, Jim, friend of the show. Uh, Jim was down on the loop this week, Delmar, the Delmar Loop. The, uh, and for those of you not in St. Louis, Delmar is one of kind of our cool, trendy areas and has been for decades. And uh, we have a St. Louis Walk of Fame down there that's just kind of stars with an artist's name who was from St. Louis or tied to St. Louis that was very big and a little blurb about who they were on it. And uh, Jim took a picture of uh, Tina's star down on Delmar, just decked out in memorials. And it was really beautiful. Uh, Jim, I'm going to steal that picture off your social media <laughs> and, and share it on the on the blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. Uh, full credit to Jim for that photo. I haven't been down there myself yet this week. Um, this town... 
uh, music fans in general, yes, but just this town has just had such an outpouring of love for Tina Turner's legacy and impact, and uh, rightly so, deservedly so. She was in a world where, in a world where everybody's someone special, she was someone special. You know, she could have done anything, but thank God she did music and left us with so many gifts to remember her by. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. Thank God you're not reunited with Ike on the other side. That's a uh, crass way to say that. It's a crass way to end this, but that's one of my abiding thoughts, is that she did her time in hell, she has earned her time in heaven. And I gotta think if all that's real, that is where she is, and she's singing with the, with the choir of angels right now. Probably, probably a little bit leading it. <laughs> Because she is Tina Turner. May she rest in peace. folks let's uh let's review some some music here there have been a lot of new releases in the past couple of weeks a lot of stuff came out the day that i started recording this uh, and have not made my way through even half of it uh because i just i uh i walked into euclid records here in lovely uh, uh i guess maplewood missouri near st louis it's basically st louis and uh, I walked out with, like, five things, and, uh, th th like, three of which I didn't know came out. You know, like, it was just one of those, it was one of those days where, like, oh, all of this month's new releases happened today. Even though that's not true, because next week there's a new Jason Isbell record. So, you know, who knows? But uh, I, I want to review a few things that are recent releases, and uh, I've, I've just got three in front of me. And they really run the gamut. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so buckle in, I guess. Um, the first of the three that I want to talk about is a new album by someone who I thought was done making new albums, because I had heard, I think in 2018, 2019, that he was retiring, and I guess, you know, just from live performances, apparently. Maybe he never said, I'm done completely, but it, he did, like, the farewell tour thing. And that artist is Paul Simon. Paul Simon, of course, everybody knows the Graceland album, everybody knows Simon Garfunkel. You know who Paul Simon is. Uh, Paul Simon released a new one called Seven Psalms that uh, is really interesting. It's based on the Psalms and based on seven specific Psalms. The titles of the... I'm going to say movements of the piece, and I'll get into that in a second. The titles of the movements of the piece are one... The Lord, two, love is like a braid, three, my professional opinion, four, your forgiveness, five, trail of volcanoes, trail or trial, trail of volcanoes, sorry, six, the sacred harp, and seven, wait. And uh, listening to the recording, it's only about a half hour long, seven songs, you know, by a folky. Uh, it's beautiful, really beautiful stuff, very moving 
in places. Uh, I, I don't want to say irreverent in other places, but there are places where he's clearly having a little bit of fun, you know, but basically a moving, beautiful, late-life release for Paul Simon. I have one criticism, and only one criticism, because it's Paul Simon, and what he releases is always beautiful. Uh, you might not know this about me. I think I have, uh, I think I have, nay if not, all of the solo Paul Simon releases, and all of the Simon and Garfunkel. You might not know that about me, but I love folk music, and where if you don't turn to Paul Simon, to whom do you turn? Leonard Cohen and Loudon Wainwright the third, you know. Uh, but I, I love Paul Simon. Uh, and that's actually a fairly recent thing. I, I did not have all of his stuff, and then I ended up getting all of his stuff because I realized it was a musical blind spot. But I, I, I did the deep dive. Uh, Seven Psalms, the one criticism I have is that it's not seven separate tracks. It's one long track on the CD or download, if you do it that way. On the, I'm assuming on the record release, it, on, on the vinyl release, it matters a little bit less because you're going to listen to the full side probably. But uh, yeah, it's, it's one long 30-minute piece rather than split up into seven pieces. And that bothers me because I'll be honest with you, even among the even liking the whole thing, among the seven pieces, there are parts I would probably skip if I were able to. You know, and like I would pull out one song to put on a mix or something. But if you listen to this, you are dialed in for a half hour, you know, and you are just spending time in that concept for a half hour. And on the one hand, I really respect that decision, and I understand it, and I think it's great that he did that. On the other hand, I really want to, like, just put one passage of it on a mix, and I can't do that, <laughs> you know? So that's that's a problem for me, that he didn't separate it out. I wish he had separated it out. But, that said, that takes it from being, like, an A-plus to being a B-plus. You know, that's that's fine, you know? Uh, it's a wonderful release, nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless of my one little complaint. It's a beautiful release. It's absolutely worth your time if you're in any way a Paul Simon person. Uh, check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's interesting to hear Paul Simon just exploring what I assume is his faith in this way. And it's, uh, it's a very moving listen in that way. Paul Simon's Seven Psalms, great release. Uh, in my heart, it's an A in practice because of the track thing. It's a it's a B plus, so that's that's where we are. Another album came out that uh, by a band that I've liked for a long time, that I was interested to pick up because I read interviews where like their lead singer said, "I think this band would have broken up if we hadn't done this record." So that got my attention. The new one by the National is is out. It's called First Two Pages of Frankenstein. Let's start there. I really like The National, but when I see the title, First Two Pages of Frankenstein, it feels like they don't want me to. Uh, that is a dumb title. <laughs> and the cover art is also dumb. The cover art is a child holding a large mannequin head with a sticker on the mannequin's head that says, Hello, my name is Paul. Album's called First Two Pages of Frankenstein. I've read Frankenstein. To my memory, that isn't in it. Uh, so, you know, just kind of a, just kind of a problem there. Uh, the album is fine. It sounds like The National. It, uh, it didn't blow me away. It didn't suck, you know, but The National's one of those bands that, you know, 
if you were to say to a band, tell me that you like U2 without telling me that you like U2, they would then play a song and you'd go, yep. You know, <laughs> like they're one of those bands. Uh, and although in a different direction than, say, like uh, Coldplay also has that same thing. But Coldplay has it in the bad way, the National has it in the good way. In my opinion, I should say. Coldplay isn't for me, but if they're for you, then more power to you. Uh, the National usually is for me. Uh, this album is, again, just kind of fine. Like, it didn't blow me away, didn't suck. It's just, it's fine, you know? I got no problem with it. I'm, I'm going to give it a few more listens. Nothing, I mean, the, the ones that jump out at me are the first song and the song Alien, which is track six. Uh, the, like, those two really jump out at me, but otherwise it's just kind of fine. Uh, weird that the first track should jump out at me so much because it features uh, Sufjan Stevens, whom um, I like the album by Sufjan that I'm supposed to like, the Illinois record, or Illinois, come on, feel the Illinois is the full title of it. But if you say Illinois, people think you just don't know how to pronounce Illinois, so everybody... You can see why Sufjan's a problem. Uh, otherwise, I find Sufjan really, really boring. In fact, I call him Sufjan most of the time. Uh, but, uh, cats, what you doing? Those are my blinds. Those are still my blinds. <laughs> chill. You guys got no chill. Uh, not a big Sufjan guy. I like the record that I'm supposed to like. Uh, I, 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 again, if you like him, more power to you. But... I haven't liked anything since that album, uh, but I do like this song that he guessed it on, so that works fine for me. Oh, hey, one of these has Taylor Swift on it. That's interesting. I guess I missed that. Because two of them have Phoebe Bridgers on it, and I guess I probably just thought the one with Taylor on it was also Phoebe Bridgers. It's uh, odd in that way. There are guest appearances, there's, you know, but it, otherwise it just, it sounds like The National, and I'm neither happy nor unhappy with that. You know, I, well, I guess I'm happy with that, but I'm I'm not overjoyed. I'm just kind of like, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, the third album I want to talk about is another album that sounds about right. You know, <laughs> like I, I heard it and went, yep. Uh, the new one by uh, the Foo Fighters, which is hard to read because the entire album cover is white, including the text on it is white, printed on a white cover. And uh, right now I'm struggling to even remember the name of the album, I'm having to Google it because I think I know what it is, but I don't want to be wrong, so I'm pulling it up, uh, and it's taking a long time, so I'm stalling for time, and I'm not going to be able to edit this this episode. It's uh, I'm on a time crunch, and I'm wasting time. The album title is But Here We Are. Uh, <laughs> I will put a picture of this on the blog. You will see what I mean. You will see why I was unable to tell you that easily. I am not even going to try to read the uh, uh, song titles. I'll tell you that I really liked the first song, uh, Rescued. I remember that being the name of it on my uh, uh, CD player in my car. And I think there was a song called Nothing At All, or something like that, that I liked. Uh, the one song on the album that I didn't really care for, and to say I didn't care for it is wrong. The song that I thought was structured, strangely, was The Teacher, uh, which is like a 10-minute track and tries to be two different tracks at the same time and just left me left me feeling like it should have been two different tracks. That's the only criticism I have of the album. The rest of the album sounds like the Foo Fighters, which is a problem I've had with the Foo Fighters for the past several albums. I've liked the last three albums, the Concrete and Gold, Sonic Highways, and uh, Medicine at Midnight. Hey, even uh, respect to the DG's album, the Hail Satin album. 
And, uh, what was the metal one that they did? Uh, that one, whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, I've, I've liked that stuff. It's been fine, but it's not the sound that I hear in my head when I hear the words Foo Fighters. The new album is the sound that I hear in my head when I hear the phrase Foo Fighters, but here we are, sounds like the version of the Foo Fighters that I love. So I'm really digging it. I've had it for less than 24 hours as I'm sitting here talking to you, and it's just hitting me the right way. It's going to be one of my albums of the year, because it just happened to hit at the right time for me, you know? And it's going to hit at the wrong time for other people, including people who love the last several Foo releases. Uh, I mean, it goes without saying, this one is a uh, somewhat of an emotional listen because of the death of Taylor Hawkins and also Dave Grohl's mom passed away in the time between albums. So there's it hits differently emotionally, but I, I, I'm not... Because I haven't absorbed all the lyrics, I'm not sure how much of that really went into, you know, the production on the album. I'm not sure how much of that comes through in the lyrics, but it, it seems to... It seems to be there in the performance, you know? You seem to feel a lot of the... Uh, I'm gonna say a lot of the grief, but when I say that, that makes you think there's a lot of ballads. No, this is a good, heavy, rockin' Foo Fighters album for the most part. It sounds like them. It's great, but, like, you can feel that there's something different, you know? And part of what's different is it's just it's Dave Grohl on the drums and not Taylor Hawkins. Although honestly, Taylor played so much like Dave Grohl that what's what's the difference? But you know, you I mean, part of it is just that. But you can feel that just it's from an emotionally different place for the band, and that's uh, that's evident even if it's not in the lyrics, which it very well may be. You know, <laughs> again, I need to spend more time with it. But I've really liked the time I've spent so far with. But here we are. I just wish that the cover art was uh, anything. Apparently there's a, a second version of it out there that has color on it that I haven't bumped into. But uh, the primary release, just white on white. And uh, I, I get it, but give me, some, give me some shadow or something on the track list and on the album title so I can tell what I'm... You're not the Beatles, you know? And, like, even subsequent releases of the White Album had the text readable. Give me a break. Uh, but <laughs> that, uh, and the way that the Paul Simon thing of him just doing one long track took it from a A to a B, the album art doesn't do that for me. It takes it from like an A plus to like a solid A, you know, uh, but, or like an A with the you know, the uh, vertical line next to it maybe, but not the horizontal line on the plus. Uh, it's, it's a solid A, even though the teacher is, jumps out at me as being a, a misstep, I'm gonna say, uh, it's still an A. It's the Foo Fighters that I wanted to hear. They, they delivered, you know? So, uh, that's where we are. That's the three I wanted to talk about this week. We're gonna play a little bit more music, and I got some more stuff to talk to you about in the outro, but we'll do that when we're to it.
honestly not sure what uh, what exactly I'm dropping between parts of me talking. Uh, I, I know what I recorded the other day, but I, uh, I don't know what order they're going in. I don't know exactly what I'm using. But I'm trying to show off the full sort of range of the Isbelicaster. If you haven't said it yet, you're running out of chances. Uh, I, I'm trying to show off the full dynamic range of it. At the end of the show, I think we're going to hear uh, me just soloing one of my uh, old songs, Just Another Day. I'm just going to kind of just solo out instead of the usual uh, outro of the end of uh, Bite the Habanero. We're, we'll, do, we'll do something a little different this week. Uh, since I got, you know, a guitar. <laughs> but we've reached the end of the show. Uh, I wanted to follow up a little bit on last week. I, I talked about uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom in, uh, in last week's episode. In fact, I lost my mind about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> in last week's episode. There was like a severe mental break at one point as I was talking about that. Uh, I got mad. What can I tell you? Um, and uh, unsurprisingly, I heard about that from some of you. Uh, I heard about that from those of you who were furious that I didn't like it as though, you know, as though I have to like everything that's good, you know. Uh, or that I have to think everything is good, you know, whatever. But uh, that was weirdly a vocal minority of the people that talked to me about it. Most of the people that talked to me about it kind of agreed with me. In fact, one person put into put into into perspective what I think I was trying to say at different points. They said that, like, hey, I'm a very casual gamer, which, by the way, so am I. You know, your old Uncle Derek, I game occasionally. You know, when I want to, and there's something that I really want to play. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have a big game collection. I did when I was a kid, but I don't now. I just game sometimes. But uh, the person that I was, that talked to me about it, games even less than I do. Uh, They said, hey, I'm a very casual gamer, and I I noticed that, and I'm paraphrasing all of this, by the way. They just said, I noticed that when I started playing this, the change in difficulty between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is just so noticeable that I don't want to play it. And I felt that too, actually, as when I started playing it, but I thought, you know, this is probably just the difference between, like, I'm, I, I played Breath of the Wild a lot. I'm good at Breath of the Wild. And I think that if you start playing Tears of the Kingdom and you're not good at Breath of the Wild and you haven't played it a lot, it's probably a very frustrating experience. But I, I'm good at Breath of the Wild, and I just kind of thought, maybe maybe the change that I'm feeling here, that I'm, I'm interpreting as change here, is just that in Breath of the Wild, I have all of my hearts maxed out, I have all of my stamina maxed out, and now I'm back down to three hearts and no stamina. You know, maybe that's... Maybe it's just perception because I haven't been there in a long time. Because Breath of the Wild, I 100%ed the shrines, I collected a bunch of the Korok seeds, I beat the game multiple times, etc., etc. I loved that game. So, you know, maybe I just... Maybe it's just the fact that this is a new game and I'm starting from zero, you know. I, fine, whatever. That's, that's just what I thought. But no, uh, apparently I'm not the only person who thought the level of difficulty of this is way different. It's way different, and it is. It's way different. Some of it's just the different mechanics, having a learning curve on that. Some of it's some of the stuff that they've added. Some of it's the stuff that they've taken away, added, and taken away. I heard it. You don't have to tell me about it. Uh, (laughs) But 
just the level of difficulty is through the roof on this one. Like, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've only fought one of the bosses in Tears of the Kingdom. I fought, uh, Kolgara, the Wind Temple monster. And, uh, I actually thought that the boss fight was really easy. Uh, because I've, I've leveled up my hearts and stamina quite a bit. I wanted to go into the boss fights, you know, overpowered. Um, I thought that fight was really easy. And I thought, well... That's not the experience that I've been having with the shrines, and that's not the experience that I've been having out in the open world. You know, like, this is... The bosses seem easier than the rest of the game, and that shouldn't be. Like, the rest of the game is... There's just a ramp-up in difficulty that... I'm a good Breath of the Wild player, and even I'm feeling it. Like, there was one night that I... I haven't done it in years, but I rage quit like, threw the console across the room because I was so furious at the mechanics not working for me. Or me not being able to work the mechanics, whichever was happening. Uh, yeah, I, I rage quit and threw, the, and threw the controller. Like, I haven't done that in years. I thought that level of anger was out of me. Uh, but the, the, the Tears of the Kingdom is a relapse for people who chose to have a good life. Uh, it, <laughs> like, scared the cats, and then I felt terrible and just spent time, you know, cuddling my boys because they, you know, I threw the thing and yelled and they ran. I was like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I didn't want, I don't want that for you guys, you know. And, uh, they've forgiven me. They're good boys. They're sweet boys. They knew that was an aberration and not about them. Uh, but yeah, that, that I've heard from other people who expressed similar things and expressed similar frustrations and uh, and and various places on the spectrum there. I've heard, I've heard other people that didn't think it differed enough from Breath of the Wild. It felt like they were trying to do too much that was different, but also too much that was the same at the same time. And like they added a sky level that you barely have to touch on. They added a a uh, depths section that you have to touch on thoroughly that I don't like. Uh, I I last week I. I think I may have ranked it like a 3 or a 4 out of 10. After rage quitting, after talking to someone else who found the learning curve untenable, it's a 1. I hate this game. It sucks. It's terrible. Worst game of the year. Come at me. Come at me. Tears of the Kingdom, worst game of the year. I'm still going to beat it. And I'm going to beat it. And it's going to be easy to beat. The bosses apparently are simple. Uh, but... It's awful. It's just awful. It's just awful. And Breath of the Wild was a masterpiece. So, there's your update on that. Wanted to say that and get more angry emails from a handful of people that really, really feel the need to tell me I'm wrong on that. It's a one. It's a one out of ten. Anyway, hope you're doing well. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to catching up. I think next week we're, we're just going to do a really long music catch-up episode. Uh, or music mustard this time. Uh, who knows? Uh, sorry. Uh, we'll do a music catch-up, I think, because so much stuff has come out that I think I just need to dedicate time to just that. So we'll, we'll spend like an hour talking about just music next week. This week, I had a good time talking to you about the stuff I talked about. I've certainly had a good time playing the Isbellicaster not the official name of it. It's the Jason Isbell signature Fender Telecaster, I think, is the run of it. Uh, I've, I've been having a lot of fun with that. And uh, uh, let's, let's play a little bit more of the, of the fun I've been having. I'm going to play the outro solo from my song Just Another Day. Uh, and 
it's probably going to go a little longer than our usual outro. But I, I, I think I'm entitled to that. Spent a lot of money on this thing. People should hear it. So <laughs> thank you so much for spending your time with me, for letting me do this, for letting me talk about stuff I don't like and stuff that I do. You'll notice that I talked way more about the stuff that I do than the thing that I don't. So uh, that's that's just free advice that I've given you a few times. Don't define yourself by the things you don't like. Define yourself by the things that you do when you have a better time. But, you know, every now and again you got to talk about the stuff that you don't. But I've re I really, really like the guitar that you're about to hear, and I really, really like all of you wonderful checkmates out there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please remember to keep yourself healthy, happy, and safe. Please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights. Happy Pride Month, by the way, brothers, sisters, and siblings. Happy Pride Month. God bless you for being you, whoever you are. We will not forget to fight for your rights because they are human rights. And folks, I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. Checkmates, be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Bellacaster.